Hey, this is Tolly Wilkins of Captivate Church, and we're so glad you've joined us on our podcast today. This is one way that we can take our message from Baltimore all across the world. We pray that today encourages you, inspires you to become the man or woman that God's designed you to be. So uh, we, we're in this series, Church Unfiltered, and in this series, Church Unfiltered, the idea is that we all uh, get on social media and we are watching the internet on a, on a daily basis, sometimes a minute-by-minute basis. Many of you, you could check your phones, and you could go into your battery settings, and it'll tell you how often you have spent time on various apps. And you go look at the apps that have pictures, and no doubt you've spent a ton of time looking at pictures. And what happens is, is that uh, we, we get a glimpse of other people's lives, and that's not all bad. It allows us to stay connected, it allows us to touch base in the hallway and ask about what happened on a Tuesday when we didn't have a phone call or see the person. But um, the bad side, the downside, is that when we are watching life happen through other people's filtered lenses, the filtered lenses of life. And so when you, you watch somebody else, recently Christy and I were on vacation and we posted pictures. And, and in my pictures, sometimes there'd be a, a, a cloudy day or sometimes there would be a, a day where, where it, it wasn't as bright. Maybe it was early in the morning. And so I would hit this button on Instagram and it says vivid. And so you hit that button vivid and man, it... And so people at home, if all you were doing was looking at our vacation, you were watching the vivid version of everything that we were seeing with our, our natural eye. And what could happen is, is that when you condition yourself to watch other people's lives and all you're seeing is their finished product that is filtered, then you look at your own life that is unfiltered and you say, wow, that doesn't match up. My, my life is not as exciting as theirs. I, I don't have the results that they have. I mean, good night. Like, like she, she posted, and in one picture on Tuesday, she, she was just, ugh. And then she posts a picture because she had this product. She taped this thing to her arm, or she drank this juice, and Thursday, she's smiling and glowing. She's vivid. And so you go back and you just go, oh, it's not like that for me. It's so much harder. Like, like, I, like It takes work and effort and the gym and I sweat and I stink and then I got to change and, and, and my life's so much harder. And what happens is, is because you're watching life filtered, you begin to believe less about your unfiltered version. But the reality is, is that if you fall in love with a life that is filtered, then you forget how to love a life that is unfiltered. And there are so many people that are walking around discouraged, dissuaded, put off, because when they look at their lives, they say, man, it's just not as, it's not as good as theirs. It's not as good as that other person's. My, my life's not as easy. I don't have enough resource and whatever it might be, your unfiltered version. You see all the flaws. You see all the problems. You see all the pain. You see all the sorrow. And then when you look at someone else's filtered version, you say, man, I wish I could have what they have. And that's detrimental to your soul. So today I want to talk to you about removing these filters and Losing the layers. 
Hebrews chapter 4 gets, in, gets into some layers that we have to lose. And I want to encourage you to go there with me. Hebrews chapter 4. If you go and read Hebrews, it's a really great uh, study at the beginning. just talks about the importance and the supremacy of Jesus. And then it just talks about people who, who weren't able to find their rest. And, and, and the reason it gets into, it talks about faith. And then we come up to Hebrews chapter 4. And it says this about Joshua. For, a Joshua. for if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Now the Sabbath is simply, in the, the Jewish calendar, the Sabbath would be like a Saturday. But it's a complete rest. If you meet, meet an Orthodox Jew, they don't do jack that involves work. I mean, wouldn't that feel good? Like some of us are running and trying to chase a life that doesn't involve work. But God said, hey, what I really want you to have is a day of the week where you don't work. In the beginning, God created everything. Six days, seventh day, he did what? Rested, put his feet up, had some iced tea. Like it didn't have to be included. Why is that included there in the, in the, the, the Genesis story, the beginning story? It's included to tell us like, hey, even God rests. But some of us, you're trying to play God, and that's the reason you don't rest. You're, you're pulling it at both ends. We've got all these expressions about, I'm at wit's end, and I'm, I'm at the end, I'm trying to make ends meet. And we're doing all this stuff to just try to generate a life. And the reality is, is that we need to rest. But this rest is talking about a rest in the Lord. Let us therefore strive to enter the rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing and division, uh, division of the soul and spirit of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from His sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of Him who must we must give an account. Talk about unfiltered. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast or hold steady or hold strong to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. He doesn't have filtered eyes. He sees it for what it is. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then, with what confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. Jumping back up at the beginning, for if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest so that there still remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter. If you're going to strive, strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same disobedience. You have to lose some layers today, church. Lose the layers of labor. Lose the layers of labor. If you want a pure relationship with God, a right relationship with God, if you want to be able to walk through this world and, and, and not look down or, or compare yourself to anybody else, one of the things that you have to do between you and God is lose some layers. Lose the layer of labor. 
Some of us are spending our days, even in our faith, trying to spin the wheels in order to to get God's pleasure, to get God's glory. And what happens is, when you don't spin the wheels enough, then you start to just say, man, I just didn't do enough for the Lord today. Or, or, Or when you're trying and you slip and fall, you spend more time weeping and wallowing over the fall than you do picking yourself back up and moving. Because in your mind, you don't say it out loud, but what you're really saying is, it depends on Me. Faith is work to you. And with that mentality, then you will will leverage labor to try to get right with God. The reality is, is that God wants you to rest in Him, not try to impress Him. God wants you to rest in Him, not try to impress Him. He, he's not looking down. I mean, you, you and I might need to just look in the mirror and you might just need to look at yourself and just mock yourself. Like, tell yourself, like, how, how can I impress God? Like, wow, Tolly. You know, you really, I mean, you've been on that keto for all of about six days and, I mean, you're just, look at you. Right? Like, we, we do this stuff where we feel like we can impress God somehow. You're not going to impress Him. You can obey Him. You can rest in Him. You can say yes to Him each day. But you're not going to impress Him. God's not going to sit back and just go, oh wow, Tolly, you made it through a whole day without sin. But some of us, we're fancy by the idea that faith means labor. Faith means working. Faith means strenuous. And so what happens is is that your labor is to try to impress God. And that is crushing you on the inside. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would have not spoken of another day. There remains a Sabbath rest for His people. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from His works as God did from His. You know how you can rest from your works? It's when you trust in the finished work of Jesus. That's how the Christian can rest from their own works. That's how the Christian can receive God's grace. Is because you realize it doesn't come from me to begin with. Salvation didn't come from me. Uh, I'm not going to lose my salvation because of me. But it all comes from Jesus. And because it all comes from Jesus, then I just need to rest in Jesus. You say, well, pastor, how does that, how, how does that, what about when I sin? What about when I fall short? Well, it's because I'm not resting in Jesus. You're not going to meet somebody who is resting in Jesus who willfully sins. You're, you're looking, your labor is to try to say, you know what, Jesus, you, you might not be enough. And so as a result, if you're not enough, then, then I, I need to try to improve things. And so you and I, when we fall into sin, when we walk into sin, when we willingly dive into sin, whatever it is that you do with sin, backflip off the 15-foot diving board, I don't know what you do with sin, but whenever you do that with sin, what you're saying is, Lord, rest in you is not enough. I need rest in you plus $100,000 in the bank. I need rest in you plus a boyfriend. I need rest in you plus a girlfriend. I need rest in you plus a new house in that neighborhood. And so you got to ask yourself, where is my plus? How am I trying to improve on the Gospel of God? How am I trying to improve on saying that there is joy to be found in things other than what the Lord has for me? When you rest in the Lord, you say, Lord, whatever it is that You have for me is good. The Lord's given you the ability to work. You work with all your might. The Scripture says when, when you do your job, you do it as unto the Lord. You don't do stuff unto men. 
And so, yes, you live your life with excellence. And yes, you show up at work early. And yes, you, you love people well. You do things, but you don't do things in order to impress God. You do things because you're impressed by God. You say, God, you have so captivated my soul that because you've captivated me, I have no other choice but just to rest in you. And when I'm resting in you, what does it look like to serve you through my job? When I'm resting in you, what does it look like to be a good friend to my, my girlfriend or my, my, my boyfriend or my friend friend? Is that allowed anymore? Just a friend friend? Say he's just a friend. Say he's just a friend. If you laugh, you're in sin. <laughs> So here's the deal. So the reality is you can't improve on the Gospel. You can't improve on the Gospel. Since you can't improve on the Gospel, you have to understand that I'm either resting in the Gospel and the goodness of God, or I have a plus. I'm trying to add something to my life that the Lord may not have for me. And it either may be that I'm trying to add something that's sinful, or I'm trying to add something that's work and laborious. And when I'm trying to add laborious things to my plate, then I become a legalist. I become somebody that's trying to, to appease or please God through my efforts. And the reality is the thing that pleases the Father in heaven is for you to rest. You know what pleases me? I was driving in this morning. My, my daughter asked me a question about how the world works. And I said, well, this is how the thing goes down. I answered her question. And I, said, I turned to her and I, and I really had this overwhelming emotion as a dad. I turned to my daughter and I said, I just want you to know your mommy and your dad love being able to give you some answers. Here's the deal. As a dad, I love that my kids can rest in me. As a dad, it's not labor for me to answer the question. Now, when they were two, it's a different story. A little, a little more labor. <laughs> Why? What? Where? Woo. But I love, I have the joy of when my children can just rest in the presence of dad. My, uh, we were out in public the other day, and uh, I don't know why people say that. It's out in public, as if it's like the foreign land. But we were out the other day, and um, and uh, somebody halfway up the, the the road or whatever came out, and they kind of just didn't look like they had it all together. And my daughter told me later, she said, um, "Dad, when that when that man kind of stumbled out there, I got closer to you." <laughs> I said, "You did." She goes, oh yeah, anytime there's a stranger around, I, I, I try to find you or mommy. You know what that is? That's resting. It's when things aren't going right, when things don't feel right, when it doesn't look well out there, rest in my daddy. Your father in heaven is not looking for you to work more, earn more, be more. Your father in heaven is looking for you to rest. In Him. Rest in the finished work of Jesus. You can't improve the Gospel. It goes on, for the Word of God is living and active. So why should we rest? Why should we be calm in the Lord? Why should we run to the Lord when there's stranger danger? Why do all of that? For the Word of God is living and active. Everybody say, living and active. Living and active. Say it like you mean it. Living and active. 
There you go. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. With living and active, it means that the word of the Lord is living right now. Like it's living and active in your life. Meaning, when the Lord says something, it's good for today. It's good for tomorrow. It is. It is good for your soul. The word of the Lord is living and active. It's not some dead book. It's not a history book. It's not something you pick up at the library. It is the living and active breath of God in your life. And so the Scripture says the reason you should run and trust Him for the Word of the Lord is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing into the division of soul and of spirit, of joint and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And look at this. No creature is hidden from His sight. You talk about living unfiltered. talk about church unfiltered. You talk about faith unfiltered. Realizing the fact that God already knows. There is no layer you can put over your problem. There is no layer you can put over your pain. There is no happy face for the, the parts of the, your soul that the Lord knows. Because there is no layer, I don't need to create one. I don't need to pretend. I don't need to try to convince God of anything. It's all futile. He understands and knows me more than I know myself. The, the bone and the marrow. The soul and the spirit. The thoughts and the intentions. So because God knows me so intimately, and because He wants me to rest in Him so completely, I run to Him. I, I, I live my life unfiltered. I go and say, Lord, it doesn't matter anyway. I don't need to put on a happy face. I, I don't need to, to do those things. I don't need to try. I don't need to, to, to make anything up. The Scripture says, and no creature is hidden from His sight, but all are what? Naked and exposed. You thought A&E or whatever had that show, right? All are naked and afraid. Naked and exposed to the eyes of Him who we must give an account. So here's the thing. The Lord wants you to rest. Part of the reason that you're able to rest is that He knows the thoughts and the intentions of your heart anyway. He knows soul and spirit. He knows who's with Him and who's not. He knows whether or not you're playing a church game. He already knows. He knows whether or not that you actually love with the stuff that you say you love. He knows that when you serve somebody, are you, are you altruistic, serving for the benefit of others solely, or are you selfishly in your serving? He knows. He knows. He knows my motives for, for, for coming to church. He knows your motives for coming to church. He knows my motives for showing up at a Bible study. He knows yours. He knows whether or not I'm in the Word or whether I'm not. He knows all this stuff. He knows where my love tank is with my family. He knows if I'm being a pure man or, or a pure woman before Him. He knows all this stuff. And because He knows it all, and because He wants me to rest in Him, and because He's not impressed, I can just live unfiltered. Because there's all this work, all this striving, all this pretending, all this energy. None of it really matters. You grew up trying to make mom love you. You, you grew up trying to make dad smile. There was that kid that was older that picked on you. There was that statement that was made about you. And as a result, you've grown up 
as an adult now, trying to spend your energy pretending. The beautiful thing about living unfiltered is you can lose the layer of pretense. Lose the layer of pretense. God wants you to live a pure life, not a pretend life. God wants you to live a pure life, not a pretend life. Some of you feel like you're doing well because nobody's found out your secret yet. And a lot of your time and your energy is spent covering up the secret places of your heart. And the Lord doesn't want that for you. That's a way of living and thinking that, that, that causes so much stress and energy to build up in your life. It's not even what the Lord wants for you. The Lord's not sitting back saying, man, I just wish Tolly could fake it a little bit better. The Lord is sitting back saying, I just want Tolly to be pure before me. I, I, I just want Tolly to know who I am, to know that I love him, to know when I died for him, it was sufficient. And if he'll do that, he'll rest in me. And when he's resting in me, he won't have a plus on his life. It won't be Jesus plus anything. It'll just be Jesus. You hear that silence? Isn't that beautiful? It's because most of us are just thinking. We're like, wow, what is my plus? <laughs> Who am I trying to impress? What have I been trying to fake? Lose the layers of pretense. Stop faking holiness. You don't have to pretend. Resting in Jesus means that He satisfies. Sin doesn't satisfy like salvation. Holiness, holiness and purity come from rest. Not layers of pretense. Not moralism. Not trying harder. There's no filter like purity. He already knows. There's no filter like purity. There's nothing that you can add in layers to your life that will ever make up for just simply living open and honest before Him. But we're taught to hide. We're taught to lie. We're taught to cover up. We're taught to pretend. And what happens is you build layers and layers and layers and your own story becomes so complicated that when you sit down and when I sit down to counsel you, I've got to dig. And a counselor in your life has to dig for multiple hours just to get down to who you really are. And the thing is, it's not because you're trying to lie anymore. It's just that you've built up so many layers to what your identity is that it takes all that time to drill down and get down to who is the person that's acting out here. What brings up that anger? What, what causes you to snap? Where is that frustration coming from? What, what did you bottle up that explodes every once in a while? It's because you had to layer. You had to be quiet. Some of you had to be good and keep your mouth shut. Some of you had to not tell anybody that secret. Some of you have been told, well, the only way I can get along is I can't trust anybody because the last time that I was in sin and I told somebody at my church, they went around and gossiped. And so, oh man, don't ever talk about my sin. And so, beneath all of these layers is a soul. 
And that soul is designed to rest unfiltered in the salvation of Jesus. The Scripture continues, Since then, we have a great High Priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. Or let's hold firm. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize. Like you're sitting here and you're like, Pastor, I don't know. If I start to live that way, who's even going to understand me? I mean, I mean, good night. If I was to tell everybody what I really, really think, who's there? And the Scriptures are crying out, Jesus is. You don't have a high priest. You don't have somebody that's unable to understand you. Unable to sympathize with it, it's not, it, 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 with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are. The difference, yet without sin. Let us then, with what? Confidence. Everybody say confidence. Confidence. Let us with confidence, the Scripture says. Not just do it because you have to. Do it because, man, you are bold. You are, enjoy this thing. You are confident. Draw near to the throne of what? Grace that we might receive punishment, rebuking, anger, a bludgeoning. What is it that you're running from? Draw near to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy You see, mercy is not getting the bad that you do deserve. That's mercy. Grace is getting blessing that you don't deserve. So mercy is the, the, the connotation of removing the negative. Grace is the connotation of adding positive. And so the Scripture says, well, I want you to come back and rest in Jesus. Draw near to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy. Meaning all the stuff in the past that you're scared to be honest about, receive mercy for that. And find grace, blessing, benefit, betterment to help in your time of need. Meaning you're going to go back out and you're going to need grace. You're going to need the grace to say no. Because over here you needed the mercy to cleanse you from the sin. You're going to need the grace to be able to say no. You're going to need the grace to be able to avoid going out with those friends. You're going to need the grace to be able to tell that group you can't do what you used to do. You're going to need the grace in the future to avoid it. For right now, listen, there's mercy available to you. Come and confess it. Tell Him, I want to rest in you. I'm tired of the running. I'm tired of the striving. I'm tired of the pretending. I'm tired of the lairs. But I need grace when I move forward because I don't want to add more cake on. So lose the layer of distance. Lose the layer of distance. You want to rest in the Lord, then lose the layer of distance. It is the saddest thing. Um, I wish I could tell you it's an anomaly. It's not. It's the saddest thing when people are going through a hard time and then I meet with them. I was actually joking with a member today. I said, hey, I haven't saw you in a while since we met. And I figured I ran you off. Because people, they get vulnerable enough to talk to their pastor. And then in so many cases, you could ask my wife, I wish I could tell you what happens, but I, I just can't. But when people get vulnerable enough to be transparent with me, and then I say, hey, go down this road. The road that you've been on has caused a lot of 
chaos. Like here's the biblical approach to the next steps. I wish I could tell you how many people just drift away. Because I represent to them God. Not that I'm God, but I represent Him. And so as a result, people say, well, man, if I, I finally got to that place to where I could be fully honest about who I am and what my issues are and what my sin is and everything. And, and what happens is they, they, they feel like they can't look at me again. Unless they get it right, unless they make a full 180, unless they fix it, they feel like I, I can't. And so what happens is distance gets created. And then, and unfortunately, because I'm the pastor here, you just don't see them. But, but the thing is, is that if that happens with me, a human, do you realize how often that's happening with God? You see, because you could avoid captivate. You could avoid meeting with Pastor Tolly. You could avoid telling me about your struggles. But you know you can't avoid God. And so what you do is just turn them off. Just... And so some of us, we're not resting in the Lord because we've created distance. God wants you to have grace and mercy, not guilt and misery. God wants for you grace and mercy, not guilt and misery. There is rest available in Jesus. All you have to do is ask, Lord, what is my plus? What is my Jesus plus? And, and is my Jesus plus Christian works and moralism? Is my Jesus plus a new car? Is my Jesus plus I need a wife to feel satisfied? Is my Jesus plus I need a husband or a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Like, what is my plus? Do, do I have an insufficiency going on? And because of my insufficiency, is it causing me to not rest, but rather labor and stress and strain? Do I, do I have an identity crisis going on, Lord, where, where I can't just simply rest in You and confide in You and receive grace and mercy from You and take a deep breath? The older that I get, the more there's a theme in my life. I'm, I want to create a life that I don't have to vacation from. I, I want to create a life that I don't have to take a vacation from. And I know because of working and stuff and problems come up and in the church world, you're dealing with lots of other stuff. I know I'll always need time to, to get away. But the bigger principle at play is, what would it take for you and I to just rest in the Lord? It doesn't mean you don't go to work and do a good job. It doesn't mean you don't build a business, don't build a family, don't get a house. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means that as you're doing these things, are you able to do them with the rest of the Lord. What are you striving for? Wouldn't it be great to no longer strive to pretend, to put on filters, to put on layers? Wouldn't it be great to just be before the Lord? Wouldn't it be great to just say, Lord, here I come. Here's all of me. Strengths, my weaknesses, my future, my past. 
What if we could just rest in Jesus? If you've never trusted Christ, I want to encourage you. Salvation is available to you. In a very simple way to sum it all up, ABC, admit, believe, confess, admit that you're a sinner. You and I, we're sinners. That's what we do. It's part of who we are. It's our nature. The Scripture calls it a sin nature. We're not in trouble with God because we did sin. We're distant from God because we are sinners at our core. So admit that we're sinners. Believe something about that sin. The sin can, can separate us. It forces a separation between holiness and our sinfulness. So we're separated from God by default because of our sin nature. But what do we believe about it? Do we believe that we're condemned forever because of it? Or do we believe that God intervened? You see, to be a Christian, you just simply mean that God intervened through Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus lived a perfect life, a holy life, and He voluntarily got up on a Roman's executioner's cross and He died. He died to pay the penalty, to wipe the penalties away for all of your sin so that you could rest in the Lord. And that's where the C comes in. Confess. Do you confess that Jesus is your Lord? Do you confess that He's your CEO? Do you confess that what He says goes? And for those that would admit that they have sin, believe Christ died to pay the penalty for that sin, and would confess Jesus as their Lord, their CEO, their boss, their ruler, healer, forgiver. That's who Jesus is. For those, the Scripture says, He welcomes you to rest. Salvation is available. But there might be a different group. You might say, Pastor, I've already done the saving thing. Like I've genuinely repented and given my life to Jesus. But I find myself always striving still. And what that is is a check on my spirit that maybe it's Jesus plus something. And so today you might say, Lord, what I need is You, purely You. And maybe today, today might be a start of confession for you. To just go to the Lord and acknowledge what He already knows. The Scripture says He knows the, your thoughts and your intentions. So why keep putting up a fight? Just say, Lord, this is what You already know about me. It's time that I recognize it so that I can live and rest in You. And Maybe today you would, you would repent of something. You would say, Lord, I, I, I'm not at rest because I'm trying too hard in this area. Or I'm covering up. I haven't been honest. And so these are the things, Lord, that I, I know I need to do. I want to experience, I want you to experience rest in your soul. I don't want you to have pretense. I don't want you to have, keep putting on layers and cover up. What I want you to do is to be able to be before the Lord every day and just know that you're loved and know that you're sanctified and, and that you're, you're washed by the blood of the Lamb and that every single day is a new day for you to receive grace and mercy from the Lord. You're not going to be perfect, but you will be able to rest.